All right. I thought we had like our social month out of the way. Like we did bad romances. So we're talking about who's flirting with who, who's texting with who. But then like, uh, so I was on like what I would call like the, um, I don't know, the uh, NyQuil drip for like two weeks. Because uh, I don't know, I got, what's funny is like, so last week Jordan's like, oh, you sound a little raspy. Like, you know, like I had a secret and I was like, oh yeah, I haven't been singing or taking pills this week so you know what i mean like there's no there's no source of the raspiness but no i got i got a like down for the count tko i got, ended up with like this head cold for like four days and uh during the night quip like people kept texting me and stuff so i just got like irritated with the text at one point and i was like i hate this question i, I was like where did we when did we as humans start saying like how are you i'm like what a snowball or like what a landslide or like what a like a a, uh, a freaking like um, landmine that could be like if you ask at the wrong time, it's like, oh, how are you? Oh, mom had cancer. She died. Her cat also had cancer. The cat died. My dad's sick. He'll probably die. My car blew up and I'm getting divorced. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would you want to know how somebody's really doing? Because I'm sure it's not going to be great. Or it's like, uh, oh, I won the lottery. Okay, you owe me 25 bucks. You're going to pay me back? Or you know what I mean? Or it's like it could be a number, just a number of things. I was like, when did we create this thing? So 1600s. How are you faring? Or how do you fare? And they're like, oh, it's an informal way to start a good conversation with somebody that you already know. I'm like, no, no. Unless it's like, uh, I'm having like a full bipolar moment where I'm just reacting. Like it's just setting me off. Like it doesn't actually bother anybody when they ask you how you're doing, except for me because I'm like. Let me list exactly how I'm doing, and I'm going to tell you all about my life. Because something clicks in my brain, and I'm just like, I got to tell you all the bullet points of like what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, got food poisoning from bad sushi. Ran out of soda, so I got a headache. No caffeine. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I it's like I don't think people really want to know. Definitely then not I, strangers. I, then I was like, wait, wait. I'm going to get your guys' how you stories, but then I'll go back to how I decided I'm going to deal with the how you how are yous in the future. It's a, it's a good idea. Yeah. Jordan, you got any how you situations like what I'm talking about? Yeah, I was serving tables at like the busiest restaurant here in Fort Collins, like highest volume restaurant and uh, asked this table. I'm like, hey guys, how's everything going? Like, how are you doing today? And they told me and they had been they had just gone to a funeral for a family member and Whoa. I just was like I am so sorry and uh I think they had like ordered a round of mimosas or something and ended up comping them or I like bought the beignets which is something that like we do normally like so we what they really told done. you they didn't just say like fine okay they were like no we just like yeah like they all just were like kind of like like answered right away but it was super somber and i was just yeah. like oh my god i did not realize i was going to be walking into that i just feel like you should maybe mm. not share that with your server <laughs> who's no, got good like question. 30 hey, people you ever get into an awkward how are you doing <laughs> Uh, that was I, I don't know if I have. Um, I mean, maybe I kind of like you. Uh, you know, you catch me on the wrong day. I'm like, well, you know, the <laughs> just unload on them. <laughs> you know, could be could be a straight. You know, could just be a reader at a store. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, you guys still uh, actually in your day job still like forward facing have to interact with people, and I'm sure like how you doing is like probably common common treads or co- you know common territory. So yeah, you guys are in the danger of that situation. 
every single time. But this is what I found out. I was like, what if I mess with people and just answered in like a, a flirty way, right? So then like suggested, I pulled up this thing. How do you reply to how are you doing in a flirty way? But according to Google, texting is a great way to deepen an intimate connection with someone by flirting. So try to make your response a little playful and intriguing. Number one, how do you want me to be? Number two, I'd be better if you were with me. Number three, extremely good looking, I'd say. Whatever. Number four, getting better every time you text me. And this is from a WikiHow article called 11 Simple Ways to Respond to How Are You. I think you should um, roll with number three every time. Number three? Yeah. Extremely good looking, I'd say. I just oh, love man. it so much. Where's the drink? How quickly is that going to get you a meeting with HR? Um, well, I guess <laughs> it depends on whether you're texting work to work. <laughs> Frank, yes. But what I want to go into is number seven. Because this dude's response was, I'm a little busy slaying dragons. You? Ooh. Question mark. I don't know the real world scenario where you're going to answer back with, hey, babe, I'm a little busy slaying dragons right now. How are you? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't meta- know. Maybe they're metaphorically dragons. In reality. Right. It's kind of funny, though. Maybe they're addicted so to then, heroin in there. You know, <laughs> I was already planning kind of this because I was I kind of been out of shape for like a half hour about the how are you doing. And then I was using these fake, these jokey, texty ones as a... Also, I was on a what I call the night cool drip. So, like, um, I have a picture of that too, but I don't know why things aren't loading. Let me try to load this picture. Hmm. Um, because I was sick, I was slamming the drip. There it is. Let me load this picture. If you're watching this, folks, you're going to see all these graphics of like Booger Man. Yeah. I was telling Jordan before the show that I was trying to make this graphic of a Booger Man. Here's the anticipation. Oh. So I was on a night cool drip for like four days. Booger Man was my best friend. And I was tripping balls pretty hard. I could see why it's one ingredient to meth amphetamines. Um NyQuil is dangerous stuff, guys. NyQuil, Dayquil. Anyway, so I'm there for four days. I was just like coming up with really funny ways to reply to people in my text messages. Um so I'm definitely not a candidate to like take Ambien and then go tweet, that's for sure. If I'm this bad on NyQuil. Um, anyway, so then I was getting ready for this how you do joke. I don't know if it landed. We'll find out. The audience can tell me whether that worked or not. Um, somebody started texting me today. Now, this is like a meet cute text. I don't know. Or a fishing bot. We'll find out. So I get a text. Like, this is like an hour ago. Hey, are you Elaine Judith? I'm like, I am not. Sorry. Then she goes, sorry. Maybe my assistant remembered the wrong number. Hope I didn't interrupt your beautiful day. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Could still be a fishing bot, but they're dropping words like beautiful. They want to know how my day's going. All right. So then I'm like, oh, what a nice text. You're not interrupting, but back to business in a minute because I got to do the show. I didn't tell them about the show because I have no idea who I'm talking to. But anyway, I said, yeah, I'm going back to work, whatever. Hope your day is going well. For Monday, I got to point out what a day of the week it is because it's fucking make a Monday joke. And then I said, cheers. And then she goes, you work in a bar? <laughs> it's just so random. Yeah, I mean, Cheers is a good show. But no, I don't work in a bar. And then I had a feeling this person knows me. So then I, I look up the phone number. Because 
I text everybody's number, and I will try to see because I'm – gosh, I don't know if I'm suspicious, but I'm definitely anxious. So anyway, it's a Denver area cell phone. I'm like, shoot, who do I know in Colorado? I know my co-host. I know Jordan. I'm like, Jordan, can you drop my number to this chick? <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean? Like, is this somebody who's, like, who's listening? Like, hey, I want to know your buddy John. And then so my wheels are spinning in my imagination. I mean, it could be another executive. Like, this, the cell phone's linked to a powerful senior executive CEO lady, David. And let me tell you, what do you call a business milf? A bilf? That's what I was gonna say, a bilf. A bilf. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all we're all on the same page. Anyway, I looked up who it was. If it's really her, I don't mind that she's texting me. And uh, you know what's a what's the plane ticket to Denver going for these days, David? I don't know. Depends on uh, your uh, home uh, airport. Got mm. a Boston, probably like a couple you hundred bucks. Said, like, probably oh, no, probably like six hundred, give or take. Six hundred round trip. Well, what a guy doesn't do for kitty cat. I'm saying. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan's following along. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, That's an expensive pet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. What's going on? Oh, home video head-ons. I found out who's playing the new Hellboy. Jack Kesey or Kessie or Kissy. I don't know. He was in Deadpool 2. He played Black Tom Cassidy. I'm not sure what his mutant powers are. He was a white guy with dreadlocks and muscles in the prison scene who gets into a fight with Deadpool and the boy who does the fire trick. You got, Have you guys seen Deadpool 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can't remember who that is. Yeah, I can't remember the like muscular prison dude. Yeah, he's like a six-foot-tall <clears throat> white guy. He's got a goatee <clears throat> and dreadlocks. Interesting. Um, he was in... The strain vampire TV show. He played the master. Supposedly he pops up in the new Baywatch movie, but I don't remember him from that movie. I mm. do remember the master in the strain, but he's kind of like got a lot of cosmetic makeup monster stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of hard. But when he played he's the rocker out. too. There's a gothic rocker in that show that the master takes over his body and like walks around in him, and that's <sighs> that's who the actor is or whatever. Hmm. Anyway, well, I was trying to figure out like what are the guys' biggest known things, like cameo in Deadpool too. Playing the vampire and the strain. Uh, Steven Billboard dropped a soundbite on. Wow, I'm forgetting the late night TV show. Colbert. He was on Colbert. He was uh, doing an extended interview and he was talking about seeing is believing when it comes to UFOs, but he weighed in on the subject and he said it'd be interesting if the UFOs were actually people from like 500,000 years in the future and they're just doing like a time jump anthropology. I'm like, yeah, that's. That's kind of cool. They're just sidestepping dimensions and, you know, just going around the circle from a different angle. Um, But he says, like, he's very fundamental, actual. He needs tangible proof. Like, he's like, he doesn't disprove or argue against his friends saying that they've seen UFOs. But he says, for me, I got to, I got to, like, have very, like, scientific method proof, you know? (laughs) What do you think, Dave? And who is this again? Steven Spielberg. Huh. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in that camp. Like, it's it's interesting, but have we had any concrete proof? I mean, that's kind of the way I go into anything where there anything paranormal. Like, I got to see that proof. I'd probably say I'm a skeptic too. You know, I 
But sounds like pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I've definitely seen stuff in the skies in the past, but I mean, I don't know. You know, who who knows what it is? You know, anything could be disproven. It's kind of weird how your imagination changes over the years, right? Because I would say from like age four to age 15, I was like, there's definitely aliens, dude. They're in the sky. There's UFOs. (laughs) They're abducting people. They're branding our cows. They're eating the burgers themselves. All kinds of stuff. (laughs) But now you see the Navy videos and you're like, we're shooting down balloons and it's costing us half a bill to do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So now it's just like, I don't know, guys. We're, now we're saying like the sky's the threat. I, I don't know. Like, we're I don't a know. Funny, funny time. I can't wait to like, yeah, if our progeny or whatever looks back on this century and like they were doing some fun, some wacky shit. They were doing some wacky shit. Um. Oh, what else is there? There's actually Emma Stone's gonna do a Frankenstein movie from a really weird filmmaker who does crazy stuff like Dog Tooth. All his <laughs> films are like oh, really obscure and. Uh, Milo, yeah. or not? Uh, um, God, he's one. In fact, I have like dog teeth over here somewhere. But uh, yes, I know who the, uh, the director, and yet I can't think of their name right now. I, uh, I, I, mean, I have it written down, but I don't know if I can. Pro- I can pronounce. I can pronounce it. Uh, it's uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, he's, he's Greek. A Greek right? director. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Jordan, he does like really weird stuff. But actually, Emma Stone was in his most. Commercial movie was the favorite. Definitely. It was about the English Queen or whatever, and Emma Stone was like the new assistant or whatever. I, I know what you're talking about. I had yeah. not seen that, but I wanted to see it. So it sounds like something that would be right up my alley. Well, and and I like, love her. She's great. Yeah, Olivia Coleman is cool too, and she's the one who played yeah. the Queen. I think did she win an Oscar for that movie, Dave? She did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how a great she got movie. Yeah. Yeah. She well, she's good in like most of the stuff that she does. Um, speaking of wacky things, tonight's movie is called The Mountain. What did I say last week? It's a sad movie about a depressed young man on a road trip with a sexy doctor, played by Jeff Goldblum, who's going around lobotomizing the sadness out of his patients. Uh, Dave, you got some uh, dangerous details about tonight's dangerous yeah. movie? Yeah. Um, so I, I decided to focus on uh, the the real the real life guy. Um, this story is loosely based on the controversial physician Walter Freeman. Uh, Freeman wanting to See, simplify. That's one of the most scary, dangerous things about this whole movie is the dude was real. He was really driving around whacking people's brains out of their head with this little steel oh. spike and a hammer. Oh, it gets, it gets creepier as we go along here. All right, um, here we go. Freeman wanting to simplify lobotomies came up with the process of doing a lobotomy through the eyelid with an ice pick like tool. Uh, This was done because operating rooms at the time were usually too full. And this process allowed a lobotomy to be done without an operating room or the need for a neurosurgeon. Um, In 1951, one of Freeman's patients died when Freeman stopped for a photo opportunity during surgery and the instrument penetrated the brain too far. So, Which we saw in the movie. They did do it. It happened. Yeah. Um, uh, Freeman operated on minors with the youngest being four years old. So, yeah. Oh, That's wild. Goodness. I didn't know kids were included. Dude's nuts. I want to know if he really got paid to go on tour and he was really shagging all the people at the motels and the bowling alleys and, you know, he's stabbing people in the eyeballs and the brain during the day. And then at night, he's just having <clears> drinks, you know, casual, like. Getting you know, saucy with the ladies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a dude living the bachelor life, you know. 
That's a crazy yeah. part of the movie, too. And it's probably going to end up with some of these bits. But, you know, I'll just say, like, he doesn't even acknowledge that he made a mistake and killed somebody. He's just like, let's do another one. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, Jeff Goldblum, what are you doing to us? We'll be right yeah. back to tell you about all that crap. Actually, I forgot to play the theme song. But it, but it, what a waste. I can either go to commercials or play the theme song and then go to commercials. Let's really confuse them. Let's play the theme song and then go immediately into commercials and then come back. Sounds good to me. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Well, again, media offers you a subscription box for your physical movies, DVDs, and Blu-rays. They also have a variety of boxes in different price ranges, and they go up from getting 10 DVDs a month to 40 Blu-rays a month. In addition, they have a bargain bin where you can grab select titles for $4. Also, they got like uh, some on-demand, some virtual stuff where you can just snag like a, you know, video on-demand. However, unlike long-term rentals, you can actually get your hands on some movies and keep them forever. They got collectible boxes. I actually got a couple of out-of-print things when I got mine. I got a copy of Dead Alive, which is... Its real title is Brain Dead in the UK, but Dead people will know Dead Alive. It's like a horror movie that Peter Jackson did. And then Mad Max, the original, like the first run of the DVDs they printed with the original artwork. Everybody goes crazy for the artwork. So if anything, if you're a collector boy or girl or collector other, you go to lovedagainmedia.com forward slash binge and get, uh, it's like $15 off your first box, and you're in a giveaway for a $50 movie card to their website. Pretty sweet. I'm kind of addicted. We've gotten like six boxes. Anyway, if you want to get a movie box, go to lovedagainmedia.com forward slash binge. 15% off with our code binge. ZocDoc is the free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed. Take your insurance, and they're available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling your best and you're just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. Go to ZocDoc.com spoiler and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com. Slash spoiler, zocdoc.com slash spoiler. If you're extremely unlikely to find quality medical advice in your group chat, like if you're cruising social media and your Facebook group doesn't have the answer, you can probably find a doctor with the real answer on Zocdoc. They'll help you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience that you want. Instead of listening to how are you feeling or helping you along the way, the doctor's going to be checking in on the clock. On ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. Go to ZocDoc.com forward slash spoiler and download the ZocDoc app for free. You know, 
instead of being on a night cool drip, what I should have just done was go to ZocDoc because I've been questioning why I was sick for like four or five days. What I should have done was just use the app that I have installed on my phone. Better thinking next time, maybe I'll get better results with ZocDoc. What else is going on? Uh, oh, merch. I forgot to mention. We have killer merch. We have a ton of killer merch in the store. We have a new merch model. Her name is Kelly. She was rocking the merch on Instagram for us the other day. Go to bwpodcast.com. Get all the merch. There's Krampus for Christmas. There's a there's a heart blowing its brains out for bad romances. We usually have like seasonal stuff. Check it out. All the merch is available on our website. Designed by an artist named Chris Moy. It's like a tattoo artist out of the Midwest. Yeah, man. Killer merch, David. Yeah. Now it's like legitimate. We got models rocking our shit, David. I can see. Yeah. So if you're a sad incel, buy our merch. If you're a happy dude, <laughs> also buy our merch. Or do that. Or other at. And if you're just Alf, an alien from another planet, stop eating cats and go buy our merch. <laughs> and buy our merch. <laughs> go buy our merch. All right. Back to the podcast already in progress. I don't keep the whole show off wheels tonight. Where am I? I'm done with commercials. Done with special messages. Jordan, it's you know bits. where we are. You know where we are. Yeah, it's the bits. Um, I don't think I have like a particular bit that was my favorite in this movie. It's really sad. Like it really kind of is a sad decline of this doctor. Almost like what's your most depressing bit? Um, I would say like the obvious one when yeah. our young guy Protagonist. gets le- yeah lobotomized. Sorry. Um. Yeah, and like almost instantly realizes that his mom was like a victim of the doctor, you know. So it's just like, and then he continues to tour with this guy and slowly goes a little crazy. And you know, the doctor's being like almost debunked in the process of like providing all these lobotomies. It's just, and then yeah, I just could not believe that the two the you know, younger guy and gal ended up in a car driving. I don't know. I just was like, where did this, how did this happen? Where are we? And what is going on in this movie? So lots to unpack there. I'm sure of it, but Dave, what was your favorite bit? Oh God, I'm, I'm having, I'm kind of like you, Jordan. I don't know where to go um, to say you have a favorite. I bit warned in this you movie. for two weeks. It was going to be sad. No, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I was prepared for that. Like, I, I don't, I didn't doubt you, but I mean, you know, they're sad, and then there's like, well, this was slit wristingly good, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like wrist cutters, what, what, a love story. I mean, yes. I don't know what. I mean, in, in some way, I, I think the director is being confrontational or trying to get you to almost not enjoy it. He's mostly known for doing these for lack of a better term, confrontational comedies. So it's not, I'm well, not surprised if he wants you to kind of hate it. Like Everybody in charge is almost crazy themselves. Like yeah. the dad has issues. The doctor has yeah. issues. The girl's dad has issues. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, to, to say something as a favorite, I mean, you know, um, I mean, 
it's not a bit. I mean, it's not like pointing to a particular moment. I mean, you know, Jeff Goldblum holds this thing together because he can't not. But I mean, it's just a uh, God. I, I mean, I've I've watched like you know movies about war that have more humor than this. Uh, you know, like has some relief. Um, I mean, but it's it's a sad story. Oh, yeah, I mean, no how do you how do you bring any light to this story? Sure, that's got to be intentional, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess they got the reaction they wanted out of me, but I mean, I, it's not an enjoyable experience for me, you know, um, not that, how do you, I don't know, how do you make this enjoyable? You can't exactly make this a lighthearted comedy. I mean, without being a jerk. I think the average viewer is only going to watch this movie one time because it's an emotional experience. It's probably one viewing. I think that's smart to say. Yeah. The only time that there is relief yeah. is like when Jeff Goldblum's character is macking on the ladies at night. Like, and he's just so drunk. And yeah. it's just, you also feel for him because he's just hammered in a mess. And then he's like doing well, lobotomies. Because you, you see over the course of the movie that he suddenly realizes that he's done what? Malpractice, right? Like he, he at some point mm. is like, not like, acknowledging it but clearly like internally it's destroying him because he knows the pseudo medicine that he's practicing at some point right right or he wouldn't go like at night to do that like it wouldn't act the way that he doesn't get really like sloshed and get with these ladies like if he didn't have some sort of conflict with what he does during the day you know there's there's one scene in the motel where i just think it's freaking uh it's just jeff goldblum being very handsy with an actress in a Jeff Goldblum way. Like, I'm like, Oh, I don't think they told her in that motel scene, how handsy he was going to get. You know what I mean? She's in his lap and he almost has. Oh, a trap yes. There. Yeah. And, and she's like, got, is it something over her eyes? Does he put and something over like, her eyes? She he has might. something over her eyes. And I, I don't know what it was, but is she, and she's sitting on his lap. Yeah. Yeah. She's sitting on his lap and she's trying to crawl out of his lap. And the other actors like trying to process like what's happening. Uh, it was those characters like wired wrong where he just doesn't know how to process experience, right? It was so crazy. And he's got like, like, questions about his everything. Yeah. And then like uh yeah, it's just like very, very creepy. But even like when Jeff Goldblum's dancing with a woman at the bowling alley, he's still trying to grab her wrist in a certain way to almost control her movement or whatever. And I'm like, where does the character stop and where does Jeff Goldblum step in? You know, like yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable though, I guess like he it, it's weird, like if you watch his interviews, he like communicates through touch. And I'm like, not everybody wants to communicate through touch. Like they can interpret your touching gold bloom as like totally inappropriate. You know what I mean? Right. Like, always thought like, where are his like hush hush lawsuits and like all his me too experiences? Like, yeah, maybe he has none, but when he comes out for an interview, he's like an alien. He just like touches everything to learn what it is. Or you know what I mean? Like he's an artistic uh, guy. Yeah, that or maybe he asked him, for consent. We actually, we ran into him in a movie theater while he was macking on some chick. Dave and I went to the premiere of like some indie film hmm. that uh, Lori Petty, she's the actress from Tank Girl. It was her her movie, and we got on the list to go. I don't remember if that was just because we're in LA and we picked up a flyer, or if it was from Dave's marketing internship or one of the jobs that I had. But we we ended up there, and he was sitting like a couple of rows down from us, and he kind of kept giving us the look like, "Were we going to recognize that he was Jeff Goldblum?" If we, and he gave <laughs> us a look like, "You guys know who I am." And are you going to interrupt me on my date while I'm making out with this woman? Because he sat down in a row clearly where he didn't want to be recognized. But we're film buffs, right? We're sitting there. <laughs> we were in film school at the time. We clearly know who he is. But then who knows? 
you know. Or Dave, was he wondering why we were sitting in the back row? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, you have you have such a I remember this incident, but I didn't get like the as good a look as you did. I'm a that. writer, I soak it in, man. I gotta recall it later and write it down. So um that was a fun night. Anyway, favorite bits from this movie. Jeff Goldblum's in it. Not gonna drop names. Oh yeah, was that a movie with Jeff Goldblum? Um I like the visual aesthetics of the movie. I really love the way it looks. Right? And if I had to pick favorite scenes, I like the bowling alley for some reason. And also, every once in a while, you hear the sound of the ice rink because the kid's job was to work at the ice rink where his dad was like a coach or teacher of like figure skating or whatever. So clearly mm-hmm. their whole family was centered around the life at the ice rink. So the movie doesn't have a, a lot of music. And the score is sometimes mixed with just the sounds of the ice skates going across the ice. Right. But but cranked up so you can really hear it. And then it would cut to his imagination of like what the ice skaters are like. And I think the beautiful ice skater was supposed to be like his memory of his mom. And then the couple... He ran into a couple couples, like there was a couple making out in the bathroom, and then he keeps telling the story about a couple on the ice, and then he imagines the naked couple also ice skating. So at one point we see the naked couple ice skating. And just uh I'm entranced by that. I feel it's like poetic and like lyrical. And instead of having music play, it's really cool just to hear the ice to kind of help you process how the kid is thinking. Uh the move the movie starts to get really uh the part I hate is like the fact that he gets lobotomized himself. He does become the doctor's patient, but he has some clear memory of visiting this mountain on vacation with his family, and he somehow still remembers that after the lobotomy. Then I'm like, oh, do people come back after the lobotomies? I guess, yeah. I guess like the severity of how somebody's lobotomized is different. Some people have a little bit of brain damage, severe brain damage. As David mentioned, they die. Um, There's an actress whose name was like Florence or Francis something. Who's played by um, David? I'm blanking. Jessica Lang? Yeah, Jessica Lang. Never mind. Don't need your help, David. I got that one myself. <laughs> Jessica Lang, actually, I think maybe won an Oscar, was nominated for playing this uh, 1940s actress who actually gets institutionalized like three times in her life, gets lobotomized, but she doesn't die. She like goes on to write a book about being lobotomized and being institutionalized oh for hysteria God. or whatever, which is, again, a made up thing that they accuse women of so they could just like lock them up and take their land and their businesses like that's another thing we could do like a whole podcast about that shit but um gosh this is my second time watching the movie because i feel like yeah you can only really survive the movie one time but then i watched it again for the podcast and i could handle it a little bit easier somehow like i swallowed it easier this time anyway yeah those are my bits <laughs> if i had to pick they're not really it's it's like What's the least miser- miserable bit, or like, what's the most? Like, yeah, it, this this was tough. If it because wasn't this beautiful. Came... If it wasn't le- if it wasn't like a poem. If it wasn't like stitched, like a painting. If it wasn't beautiful to watch, like the, it'd be tyrannical. It'd be like it would be misery. You know, it'd be totally. pulling teeth. But because it, it looks it so beautiful, be you're like, okay, I can, it's, it pulls a trick on your mind. It's like, yeah, it like helps you process all the uh, negative emotions. Um. Let's see. Where are we? We're going to write it now. We usually say binge now. 
Binge later or binge never. It's our patented rating system. And, uh, you know, we'll go back to the rotation. Jordan will start us off and then Dave will jump in. It was a binge later for me. Definitely not anything I'm going to go rush to tell anybody about, but give it a watch. It was definitely not a binge never. So, Dave, what about you? I mean, I'm in the same boat. Binge, binge later. Um, no by no means a bad movie, but um, I, I had a really great weekend, and this is how I capped it off. So <laughs> this Rough. left me in like a weird mood at the end of a great weekend. I'm like, holy shit. I guess my life isn't That's isn't the way so to do it, though. I think all. you have to be in a really good mood and watch it. Kind of evens your mood I, out. Like, if you are depressed or suffering from depression, call the hotline or talk to somebody. Don't watch this movie. But also, I mean, I would, I'd say, you know why this month is hard this this time? You know why this month is hard this year, Dave? Why is that? Because like I'm in a bad mood this month. Like I'm in a, I'm in the dumps, (laughs) right? So so, so I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch movies about madness, depression, mental illness. But it's on the schedule, right? Like we're doing the real You can always be loose with the term. It's not about college games and a game bracket. It's about crazy movies. I mean, we could have always gone loose with this and you could have picked like comedies about institution or something like the dream team or I don't know. Oh, but anyway, I'm going to say you have to watch it now. But if you got a vanilla life, you got to watch this movie. Like if you got like sweaters tied around your shoulders, you're going to the country club, you're eating ice cream every day like a king or queen. You can afford ice cream every day. Dave, I know you can. (laughs) Dave, sitting there with the freaking ice cream cones talking about (laughs) I just had a great time. Then I had to watch this movie. Yeah, so rinse out your bowls with this movie after you have all your ice cream. Uh, I, I say binge now, actually. What? Yeah. Some movies you have to just take your medicine. This is one of those movies. That That is a fair description. This was like uh, taking your medicine, doing your homework. Yeah. Oof. Get on that NyQuil drip. <laughs> Don't get arrested. It's over-the-counter medication. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, oh, fan service. Why? Oh, wait. Hold on. I got a bloody graphic for this one. Here we go. Bloody. Ken wants to know, why haven't we done the Leprechaun series? Because I don't want any trademark copyright infringement from YouTube. I drew my own scary Leprechaun and put blood all over the shamrocks or whatever on the screen. Um... Listen, Ken, Kenny, Kenneth. Uh, one of the things that put us on the map in years of podcasts past, which Jordan will make a comment about in a couple seconds, um, is because we interviewed the director of the first movie, talked to him for like an hour. But that's way, that's like epic history. And uh, Bloody Disgusting covered it, whatever. Bloody Disgusting. Sorry. <laughs> if you couldn't hear what I was saying. Um... And then we actually did like a bonus feature when we were promoting the stereo app, we were doing Q and A's and behind the scenes stuff for the podcast. And we did like an hour long freaking commentary on the movie. So I don't know how much more leprechaun we can cram into our show. Also, I really assume that there's a lot of podcasts covering leprechaun movies in March because it's leprechaun month. I don't know. Uh, What do you guys think? 
I mean, yeah, it's kind of well-worn territory. I mean, just because we haven't done every single movie, but there's no reason to do every single movie in that series. <laughs> well, because we have like, a relationship three. with the movies, so it's like, why? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, think of Scrooge. Like, past episodes coming back to haunt you. But... The ghost of podcast past. Yeah, exactly. But I've never seen Leprechaun, so maybe John will make me take my medicine and we'll have to watch it for an episode or something someday. Leprechaun, so. Leprechaun two, Leprechaun three, Leprechaun back to the hood, Leprechaun back to the hood two, Leprechaun uh, in space. <laughs> like, let's see. I will draw then my remake. line. Then the other remake. That's seven movies, right? That is too much. Leprechaun, yeah, in my opinion, but Oh, there's a prequel movie too. What? No. There are seven movies. So yeah, so there's like the original series with Warwick Davis. The first three are solid. The first Back to the Hood ep- one is good. Part four in outer space doesn't make any sense. Why is a leprechaun in space? It doesn't make any sense at all. But horror movies were all going to space. Jason went to space. Hellraiser went to space. They were all going to space at one point. Um, wow. Leprechaun. You cursed us, leprechaun. Actually, we have a special relationship. I mean, Mark Jones is all right. Uh it's actually on one of our DVDs. I actually put that interview on the Clown Show DVD. This is also dredging up old history. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken, for the walk down memory lane, Ken. Good question, though, by the way. why have It's it's a good question to ask the binge watchers, that's for sure. Um, staff picks. If you watch something else that you want to recommend to the audience that isn't the movie of the week, after taking your medicine, you get rewarded, I suppose. Dave, did you watch anything else? Uh-oh, are we skipping right over Jordan? I was already <laughs> shaking my head. I traveling. Oh. I put on some scream to go to sleep, and that was, as you can scream? probably guess, yeah, uh, yeah. But nothing, ready for the nothing, new one. nothing to tell that's worthy. So, did you watch anything good, Dave? I did. I um, I actually finally got around to uh, Cocaine Bear. Um, oh. <laughs> and I mean, it lived it lived up to my expectations, which is you know, the bear attacks a lot of people, crazed out, uh, coked out. It was fun. Um, there's there's a few really gory bits. I wasn't expect I wasn't expecting to be quite as gory as it was, but um, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, did you get around to it, John, or were no. you during? Uh, was this during your drip? Uh, no, wait. It came out right before the drip. Um. Head cold. Yeah, well, yeah, it's fun. It'll be uh, hell. Be available to rent uh, at home in like a week or two, anyways. Hmm. And then I actually also got to go see um, the world's worst movie, The Room. They it has a Rocky Horror like experience. If you go to the theater, you yell out stuff at the screen, you throw things around. Um, Is this like your third time going to that thing? Like the fourth, actually. (laughs) I wow. love it. Like this is my Rocky Horror. I never, I never got into that uh, stuff, but this is this is fun, especially with the right crowd. So, yeah. What about you, John? I made the classic mistake of not writing down what I watched. I watched a ton of shit. I watched like nine things. Uh, I'm still that's watching a, Picard season three, which is cool because there's a character called Riker finally gets to tell Picard to. That he's sick of his shit, basically, in so many words. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you have to be a Star Trek Trekker person to like that, probably. 
Uh, although the new Paramount shows are like more geared towards the average audience, not just Trek fans. They're trying to make it more, you know, savvy for modern audiences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched something with a boat. I don't remember what it is. Something about a boat. Something about a boat. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's a movie that's, with a boat. I was going to um, say that's not the title, right? New like, movie, old movie. Something about a boat. <laughs> that's a great title, man. <laughs> I, I'm something write that about down. a boat. I want to see a movie now that's called something about a boat. Dang, that's so good. Uh oh, I'm watching all these shows on Apple TV, which like I hate to endorse their stuff because they made it so nobody can watch Snoopy. Like they bought the Peanuts catalog and took it off of regular TV. That's... So if you don't have Apple Plus, you can't watch Charlie Brown Christmas or Thanksgiving or Great Pumpkin, any of that stuff. So. I disagree with their corporate strategy on that to make everybody buy, you know, Apple television. However, I'm watching Shrinking with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. I'm getting ready for freaking uh, the third season of Ted Lasso that's going to come out. And I'm watching some weird trippy mm. thing where it's the 1950s, but everything is slightly futuristic. And these salespeople are trying to sell people like, you know, apartments on the moon. Right. But it may or may not be bogus. Right. That might be the scam of the show. But that's called Hello Tomorrow. And it's got a... Not Billy Campbell. David. Rockstar movie. Teenager interviews him. Cameron Crowe directed it. What is it called? Oh, Almost Famous. Almost Famous. Are you talking about Billy Crudup? Billy Crudup. So Billy Crudup plays the main salesperson. They get stuck in the town where he has an illegitimate kid. And he turns the kid into a salesman without explaining to the kid that he's the dad. And the mom gets put in a coma so then he's like kind of helping the kid without you know revealing that he's his dad meanwhile the business is getting sued for s- selling the properties on the moon or whatever but there's like robots like robots make you drinks they take out your <laughs> trash there's like an amazon van driven by like cartoons i don't know and then like uh there's like automatic dinner makers which are like floating microwaves it's really kind of out there but it's kind of like 1950s bizarre science fiction you know are we are we positive that wasn't a dream during the drip? <laughs> no, that's a real show. You can look it up on your own Apple Plus and say like no. I mean that just sounds like a bunch of nonsense in one show. But oh, that's like uh, that's like, like the end of uh, Billy Madison where they're like your answer, sir, made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> you literally wasted all of our time for for listening it. to you, and we are all dumber for having heard it. <laughs> Oh man. Vampire dentists. And something about boats. Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> I'm like so slow on the cues for everything tonight. Hilarious. <laughs> I will make it a running joke that I intentionally forget to play the theme song until like halfway during the episode. I will pretend that that's on purpose. Yeah. So nobody knows the difference. It's the drip draw. It's just the blame it on the drip roll. The drip draw. Drip (laughs) draw. How do you spell that? D R A W L. Drip draw. Okay. I don't know.